Is that better? Do I look all right? Do we need hair and makeup? Well, the real Teague. <laughs> <laughs> right. Please stand up. <laughs> John Murray, longtime industry veteran, formerly CEO of SBC, Service Properties Trust, now president and CEO of famous yet nameless Sinesto. Thanks for joining. John Murray, uh, sir, thank you very much for joining me today. This is going to be fun. Big, thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. I love it. Um, all right. So I want to let's dive in. Here's what I want to talk about. One, I want to talk about Sinesta, of course, yes. what you're doing with the brand and the awesome things you guys are doing. Uh, I want to talk about your change from the CEO of a lodging REIT to a brand and a franchise, because I think that's material. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on 2023 and the macro economy and what our industry is going to look like, because you're a bright guy with good uh, ideas. But first, as always, I got to know who John Murray is and how he got here. All right. Who is that guy? Who is that guy? So, um, yeah, so I'm, I, I'm a, originally a New Yorker. I um, went to, uh, to college. Syracuse University, I'm an orangeman, and um, for better, for worse. And um, I uh, worked in New York for a few years when I got out of school in Manhattan for a public accounting firm, okay. moved to Boston in the, uh, the mid-80s, uh, continued to work for Arthur Young and then Ernst & Young, and, and that gave me a good business background, good understanding of how financials work and yeah. a lot of different types of companies. Um, I moved on to a mergers and acquisitions the deal junkie in me started to come out and i moved to a mergers and acquisitions group at fidelity investments for a few years and then uh, one day i got a phone call from one of my clients it was the uh the president of uh, of a healthcare REIT um and he said uh you know we need a new cfo would you come work for us and uh um, i did that in the 90 well we bought 13 senior living communities for marriott right as marriott um, was splitting up into Marriott International and Host Marriott. So we agreed to the deal with Marriott Corporation and we closed with Host Marriott. And um, there was a sign-off dinner and uh, our chairman uh, got together with Steve Ballenbach, who was the chairman of, yep. uh, of Host at the time, and and um, said, we have to do more business together. Our lawyers get along, our business people get along, and uh, our bankers. And he said... Uh, your SOL, those are the only senior living properties we have, but we're selling hotels. We have some courtyards, some residence inns. And um, so we uh, thought about it and said, what's the difference between healthcare on the one hand and, and hotels on the other hand? And at the core, they're both uh, heads on beds, food and beverage. Um, so we started a, a hotel subsidiary in the healthcare REIT. And the day we announced the transaction, our share price went up 10%. And the rating agencies each downgraded us two notches. <laughs> so, uh, who so were you we, dealing uh, with? Was was it as Bol? You said Bolenbach. But was Arnie at the time at the helm there as well? Uh, no, Arnie. Um, Arnie was still an uh, independent. Um, okay, yeah, as, as, as an attorney at the time still. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway, so we the rating agencies hated the deal, so we said, okay, well, we'll spin off a hotel rate, and. Uh, I was the one who had done most of the analysis, so I I left the healthcare REIT and went with the hotel REIT, and, um, and we just continued to grow. Initially with Marriott, and then 
then with Old Wyndham, and then with uh, IHG and and Candlewood, and and uh, we grew to you know several hundred hotels. And um, during the Great Recession, we uh, we had a short period of time where Marriott and IHG stopped paying us, and um, at the same time, a small company here in Boston called Sonesta Hotels. Um, uh, was put in play by an activist shareholder, and uh, uh, we we bid for Sonesta. And we told investors at that time we were doing it for two reasons. Some people questioned whether we would able, be able to do the sort of structured deals we had done um, ever again after the Great Recession. And so we said, well, if, if we can't, then we want to do transactions that we can have more control over. We'll do them with Sonesta. So it was going to be a growth uh, growth avenue for us. And, and the other thing was when Marriott and IHG stopped paying, it was only for a short period of time, a few months, but um, we didn't have any alternatives. There was nothing we could do. We just had to sort of send default letters um, without any teeth in them every month and, and keep our fingers crossed that the economy is going to bounce back, which it did. And we eventually worked everything out. Uh, but we told investors we didn't want to to be in a predicament like that without any alternatives. So over time, we grew Sonesta to about 60 hotels. Wait, and hang on, that was back in the GFC. You're talking like 08, yes. 9, 10, 11, 12, that era. Right, exactly, exactly. So um, so yeah, so we bought Sonesta in like 2011 okay. at two hotels basically, and we grew it to about 60 hotels before the pandemic hit. And then the pandemic hit and we said, everybody stopped paying because all the, all the guests disappeared, hotels yep. were empty. And um, and the discussions generally were, look, there's so much uncertainty. We don't know when we're going to pay you again. And we don't know if we're going to stick by the deals that we've previously negotiated or if we need to renegotiate because we don't know what the new world's going to look like. And it may be 2025 before you get paid again. And we said, well, I understand you have your shareholders and we have our shareholders and they're not going to go for the we'll let you know in 2025 what's going to happen because it's only 2020. So um, so we took back a couple hundred hotels from Marriott and IHG and we converted them all to, to uh, Sinesta brands. And uh, suddenly Sinesta went from being, uh, you know, Sinesta who to Sinesta is one of the eighth largest hotel companies in, in the U.S. And, and because of the press that came with, with that, um, that activity and being more proactive as, as opposed to seeing what the world's going to do to you. Um, uh, Keith Pierce, who's been a Wyndham executive for 30 years, um, knows franchising like the back of his hand, uh, called me one day and said, hey, I'm, I'm looking at uh, acquiring Red Lion Hotels, it's a big franchise operation. Um, it would probably have some synergies with Sinesta. I'm watching what you guys are doing. And he said, I only have one issue with my deal and it was, uh, I don't have enough equity and, you know, do you guys want to work together? And uh, so we uh, joined up with uh, with uh, Keith. He joined up with us and and we bought Red Lion and that added, you know, another 1,200 or so hotels. And, um, and it enabled us um, by the end of uh, 2021 to be to get franchise disclosure documents filed for uh, Sinesta ES Suites, Simply Suites, Select, Sinesta Hotels, 
Um, so, so we'd actually sold one franchise by the end of 2021, and and um, yeah, it's uh, it's been growth ever since. And and um, uh, anyway, in, in all of that, those goings on, um, the chairman of uh, at at SVC and the RMR group that that I had worked for um, asked me um, because of a change, uh, the existing CEO at Sinesta was. Uh, moving back to California and, and we needed to find a replacement. And he said, John, I want, I want Sinesta to grow. You know, a lot of people in the industry, you've been, uh, you've been around the industry for years. Why don't you do it? And uh, at first I was apprehensive um, because, you know, I, I, you're a real estate guy, right? I was a real estate guy. So, uh, you know, it was, it, I wouldn't say it was cold and calculating, but it was a, very much a, a numbers game and, and, you know, understanding markets and, and the timing of cycles. And, um, but, you know, I didn't have to deal with um, employees and guests and marketing and um, brand issues and quality assurance. And, you know, our asset managers would, would uh, you know, work over the managers on, on those, those items, but, but it wasn't as big an issue personally for me. Um, so that was, you know, that was a big change coming here. Um, um, thankfully, I, I happened, I, I don't know if it was good parenting, but I, I am one of those people who's a, a decent listener and says thank you uh, for when people do things for me. So, uh, you know, and that really, especially during the pandemic, really went a long way, uh, showing a little uh, compassion, listening to people and, and, uh, and, and really, and thanking everybody because, you know, we converted 99 hotels from IHG in, in one night. And, you know, that sounds amazing. And it, it is a, you know, a Herculean task to do something like that. Um, on the other hand, there were no guests in the hotels <laughs> in November, 2020. So, uh, you know, but, um, but there were really, there were really some, some major uh, transitions and, and look, it's been well, well received. We, um, um, you know, it was fortuitous that we be, suddenly became one of the only hotel brands that owns some hotels ourselves, has a, a, a REIT that's a 34% shareholder that owns, you know, hundreds of hotels. And, um, you know, so while many of the brands, most of the brands are asset light, Sonesta is, uh, is invested asset in these brands. Yeah. And so, so we immediately um, were well received on the franchise side because um, they knew that um, they knew there'd be pips and they knew there'd be brand standards, but they knew that whatever brand standards we put on the franchise community, we we're also putting on ourselves and our and our affiliated REIT. And so that's really resonated and, and helped us. And um, uh, and it never hurts to have an affiliate, you know, a 34% shareholder that's a, you know, a seven billion dollar lodging rate so uh john this is great i mean i have a thousand questions you've answered a bunch of them uh go on but is that the future listen we've got a lot of asset like uh worked with a lot of companies on asset like including laquita motel six you know watching blackstone take them and transform them so dare i ask what, what's the future i know you've done some asset light but what's the future for yeah i think that's, that's, that's a really good question and i think um you know, during the past year, um, uh, SBC sold about 65 hotels, and um, you know they were they were sold 
you know, we said there was a preference to keep them encumbered with Senesta flags, um, but they'd only been recently converted from Marriott and IHG brands. And, um, you know, so I wasn't sure how that was going to work out, if we were going to lose 65 hotels or if we we're going to retain some of them. Um, but we, we really, um, you know, retained close to 80% of, of the hotels. Um, we, we got, uh, um, I don't have the numbers committed to memory, but about 55 long-term franchise agreements. We got um, about five or six other short-term franchise agreements and then three or four management agreements. And those, those shorter term agreements uh, were because the buyers were um, uh, apartment conversion specialists. They were gonna convert uh, older um, residence inns and Staybridge suites uh, into apartments, but they had a whole lot of zoning and things to go through. So they asked if they could keep them as Sinesta branded properties in the meantime. And if the zoning doesn't work out, they've committed to switch to longer term franchise agreements. Um, so anyway, so Sinesta is gonna continue to grow a lot by franchising. Um, I think that over time, SVC will periodically, maybe on once a year or every other year, we'll look at their portfolio and say, which are which of these markets do we really need to be in? Uh, which of these brands do we need this bigger presence in? And they'll be rationalizing, and that, and you know they'll be they'll be you know acquiring newer hotels and and selling some of the older hotels that are more capital intensive and. And so I think there'll continue to be um, some some churn there, but you know SVC is again is a 34% shareholder and they're a REIT, so we'll never be truly asset light. Um, Sinesta itself has uh, about a dozen hotels we own. Um, four of them are in New York City, um, and I don't uh, I don't see us uh, selling those. They're um, we just recently acquired them, and, and it's been one of the best transactions that we've we've ever done. Um, because we, we we acquired them just as New York City started to recover, and um, so performance has been has been fabulous. We have a great team, and it's it's so important for a brand um, that you have a presence in New York City, um, particularly you know if you're when you're franchising internationally. Um, we have a big franchise group in uh, GHL that's based down in uh, South America, and you know they were head over heels to see that we got four hotels in New York. They don't have anything to do with them, but the ability of people who are traveling in Chile and Ecuador and uh, you know, Peru um, to to fly to New York City and say, "Oh, I can I can stay to Sinesta here. I can stay to Sinesta when I go to uh, Machu Picchu," um, and so it's uh, it just helps the brand awareness, and and that's uh, you know that's the name of the game for brands. Yeah, so let's talk about the brand. Put your head salesman hat on. Uh, how many how many assets do we have now? How many in the brand? We have uh, around eleven hundred. Okay, is that yeah. that includes Red Red Line? Sorry, Red yes. Line. Yep, that yeah. includes the Red Line brands and the Sinesta brands. It's two hundred eighteen uh, Sinesta branded properties that we manage. Because you got, I mean, I'm just devil's advocate. You got to have critical mass in there, right? Because I mean, in the part of the game, I want to go stay in the road traveler, you know, hotel, and then I want to go redeem all my points at the resort. Right, right, and that's the um, that's the challenge that we're working through today. Um, you know, adding the four hotels in New York was great, uh, and and it added we added them four different brands, which was also excellent. Um, but we don't have a uh, we have hotels in Fort Lauderdale on the beach, and we have a hotel at Miami Airport, but we don't have a South Beach or downtown Miami hotel. 
we uh, we don't have we have LAX and Redondo Beach and Irvine, but we don't have a, a West Hollywood or or Beverly Hills uh, address, um, you know, or you know, Santa Monica or Santa Barbara or any you know, whatever. Opportunity. Uh, the, opportunity. Yeah. So there, so there's some opportunities, and we have resorts in uh, in Hilton Head. Um, we have uh, Fort Lauderdale, which is on the beach. We have uh, uh, San Juan. Which is a beautiful hotel on the beach in, in, in Puerto Rico. We have uh, uh, the Royal Sinestra in Kauai, which is a fabulous asset. Um, the Royal Sinestra in New Orleans, which is right in the middle of Bourbon Street where everything's happening. But, you know, that's whatever I just said, five or six hotels out of, uh, you know, 1,200 that, that are, you know, true uh, resort leisure destinations. And uh, so we, we need to, and we have franchise, you know, we have a franchise, um, a number of franchise hotels uh, along the Inca Trail in, in Peru, and we have um, franchise hotels in Egypt near the uh, pyramids, and we have a uh, franchise hotel in St. Martin. So we ha there are places to, uh, to to burn points, but on a relative basis, when you think about you know the bigger players, we don't have we have a lot of good places to earn points. We haven't we don't have as many as we need to uh, to burn them. Are you, are you going to lean in with balance sheet like you did in New York? Is Sinesta company going to lean in with balance sheet? We will, yes. And and SVC, uh, I, you know, I think is going to be very supportive as well. So um, we're going to lean in with a couple of balance sheets. Good. Hey, more balance sheets. <laughs> yeah, better. Great. And, yeah. and today's today's capital markets, you know, if you don't have a balance sheet, you don't you don't have deal flow because it's pretty choppy out there. So go there. Tell me what you see in the in the market. We great stuff. But how do you see the world? What's twenty three going to look like? You know, it's it's interesting. We've um, we started marketing a portfolio of sixteen uh, married branded hotels before the pandemic, and we got them under contract early in the pandemic um, at at a price that was um, say in the one hundred and ten million dollar range. Got retraded down to the ninety million dollar range during the early parts of the pandemic. We we walked away. You know, we said, forget it, we're not going to sell. And, um, and you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's in the process of closing it closer to 140 now. Mm -hmm. So okay. so portfolios of select service hotels that are geographically diverse um, with, you know, where you can get financing um, because of, of the branding, um, those have traded well. On the other hand, we've, We've seen some hotels in uh, in resort markets that we've looked at where, you know, the guidance uh, from the the uh, the firms representing the sellers have uh, have declined, you know, by you know, fifty to hundred million dollars. I mean, we're talking high-priced hotels, but uh, or for, I'm sorry, by uh, fifty to hundred thousand a key. Yeah, uh, fifty to hundred million. Uh, and so. Um, the price discovery is is uh, you know is a very much an ongoing process because nobody knows from one day to the next you know what they should be putting in their model for their for their debt costs you know how much the debt is going to cost how much as a percentage of you know loan to value that it's going to be um, when they can refinance out of it you know all those um, you know what the cash sweep is going to be if interest rates keep going up. Um, and, and your your uh, debt costs increase. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of unknowns as a result. You know, I mean, if you think if you're 
if your debt's going to cost 10% on a transaction, your equity has to get a better return than your debt, right? So, so you know, that that's a tough sell to a seller who's, uh, you know, got a hotel on South Beach. Yes. Yeah. Seven caps when you're borrowing at 10. Right. right. <laughs> it's not, that's not the math they taught us in college. No, like your <laughs> spreadsheet. Uh, I mean, listen, we, we got, we could share all of our stories, war stories for forever, but we think the market's off 20%. Uh, our buyers today are people with good debt, whether that's local guys signing recourse, a lot of that. Uh, and or the bigger guys that are simply underwriting a SOFR 300 as a stabilized, even though reality is SOFR 5.6 today. Right. So at 5.6, yeah. we can't seem to get deals done. One of our challenges, quite frankly, is um, SVC was uh, the first uh, investment grade hotel read. And we, um, we did all of our debt financings in the corporate unsecured investment grade credit markets. And, you know, we never did CMBS debt. We didn't have, we didn't have any secured debt on our, uh, on our portfolio until the pandemic hit. Um, and um, so we, we had, although we've been in, in, in business for, you know, since the mid nineties as a, as a lodging read and, and now also as a, uh, as a brand company, um, we haven't, we've only in the last couple few years, started work on on developing those banking relationships at the you know the one-off level and you know it's a fine time to start <laughs> so um part of what we noticed in the banking relationships is even the biggest boys the the blackstones the kkrs the starway capitals um sort of didn't have relationships even though they borrowed from everyone they were just going with the was the cheapest debt at the time so the relationship right. is actually i think they've learned is pretty thin yeah. Uh, whereas the actual hoteliers in our world, I could name a bunch, um, have deep relationships and those balance sheet lenders. And those are the guys that are there right now stepping up lending. So they're the most active buyers in the world today, the guys that have the good banking relationships and actual right. relationship. Right. Exactly. And uh, yeah, we've seen that. We've, um, you know, we've we've seen it across property types. We, you know, we we have affiliates that are uh, uh, REITs in, yep. in several different sectors and, and we actually have a mortgage REIT and, and the, the mortgage REITs, you know, have, uh, have their own lenders that they go to, to, uh, um, you know, to, to distribute off some of their, some of their risk. And, and those, those uh, backup lenders, you know, even for, you know, whether it was for office because they were unsure about people coming back to work, Retail because they weren't sure if people were going to just order online forever. Uh, industrial because you know Amazon uh, and FedEx pulled back, and and so there are a lot of segments where it was you know where where our funding sources for the, for our mortgage rate were saying, well, let's slow down and see see what the allocations look like in 23. So so we're hopeful anyway though that um, you know I think. Uh, I, I joke around if there was, you know, an opportunity to change the constitution and add a, you know, an additional uh, bill, of, an additional item to the bill of rights. I think that, uh, you know, at least a couple of weeks uh, ac actual vacation where you travel would uh, be something that we've, we've seen that Americans really want, you know, as soon as COVID started to die down, people were jumping on planes, trying to go someplace for an experience. And, and, you know, the recessionary environment, that people are worried about 
you know, I think maybe some people are dialing back how many times a week they go out to dinner or where they go for those dinners or, um, but so far we have not seen um, them dialing back too much on, on travel. They, maybe they're tacking it on with a, oh yeah, I have to go to the, uh, the Alice conference in LA. So I'm going to go, you know, to Southern California for a few days and golf beforehand, or I'm going to stay for a couple of days afterwards and, you know, go up, you know, up to wine country or whatever, you know, gonna I'm gonna accidentally stop in Utah on my way back to the East Coast and go skiing for a week. You know, so people are people are thinking more in that way, I think. So that that leisure um type activity is is more prevalent than it was. And and we're still trying to, to figure out, I think only around, you know, it varies by city, but only about 45 to 50 percent of urban workers are back in the office on more than, you know, a twice a twice a week basis. And and for business travel to really come back to where it was in 2019, I think we need to see that at three to four days a week. So, so I'm gonna put words in your mouth. You're optimistic on the operations side of our industry in 23. You I think am. travel will be up in 23? I do. And I think also for, for Sinesta specifically, we've, uh, because we converted hotels and created new brands, um, you know, we put ourselves a little bit behind uh, uh, in terms of awareness. And so uh, we're not as caught up to uh, 2019 as uh, as the bigger brands are. So I think that we'll, we're expecting to have slightly higher um, RevPAR growth and, and, and uh, EBITDA growth in 23 than most of the prognosticators are, are predicting for, for this year. How about that? We just, we just launched a, uh, a new uh, ad campaign earlier this week. We're uh, uh, later this quarter going to um, relaunch our uh, Travel Pass Awards program. We've got a lot of different initiatives in place to uh, uh, to drive revenues and drive awareness. And, and I think all of those things are going to help people become more familiar. And, and we have a great sales team on the franchise development side that's um, – adding properties here in the US, but we've also expanded into, uh, um, you know, with, with actual bodies into South America and the Caribbean so that uh, in addition to our GHL relationship, we can grow in other parts of, uh, of uh, LATAM. So, so we're excited about uh, growth in, in units. We're excited about uh, um, that performance is gonna be pretty good this year. Um, it may, may not be the same year over year pace that we saw from 22, 21 to 22, but I think it's still going to be, uh, um, you know, pretty respectable in the, you know, close to double digits. So let me poke for a second. How, how big of a drop did you see when going from, you know, the quote national brands to Sinesta? You know, that, that's a good question. And, and I, I, I really can't answer it because, I figured. because we saw the, really saw the drop from, uh, um, you know, from the pandemic. Yeah, it's hard. When we to actually con when we actually converted. We didn't see any additional drop off because okay. you know we, we were we were so close to the bottom. Yeah. yeah. So, what we did see during the pandemic, which which really helped us uh, considerably, was that um, our extended stay hotels, surprisingly enough, uh, to the extent we had exterior corridor extended stay hotels, they became more popular than than um, than the more the more current um, brands. Uh, or the more current generations. And so um, the occupancies there, the rates weren't, you know, the same as 2019, but we had very high occupancies in the, sometimes in the 90s. 
uh, because we had visiting nurses, we had people who were um, quarantining. They they were out of the hospital, but they couldn't go home, or you know, or they they were working and somebody in their house had had COVID, so they had to go somewhere else. And um, you know, some government employees, uh, National Guard workers. So so we um, our extended stay hotels did uh, did fairly well um, during. Uh, during the pandemic, and and that that helped, you know, when when a lot of the other lodging REITs were doing quarterly calls, talking about cash burn, you know, SVC was, you know, we we were we were not happy. We had cut our dividend, and and we were subject to all kinds of restrictions. We, um, but um, but we we weren't talking about cash burn. We were we were actually uh, uh, covering our debt service costs, and uh, so we didn't have to you know renegotiate uh, or you know, get into any trouble with our lenders. We we did have to redo our revolver a couple of times, but but um, uh, but not not we were able to do it all before there were any sort of you know defaults or or uh, covenant violations. So, um, but I would say today uh, to to fully answer your question, I would say that uh, uh, the Sonesta Select brand, uh, which is comprised primarily of former courtyard hotels, is uh, is probably probably about ten percent behind. Uh, where it was um, under uh, the Marriott branding. And I, I think a lot of that, you know, has to do with, uh, you know, we have about 4 million uh, reward members in our Sonesta Travel Pass program, which is only 370-ish million behind yeah, right. what Marriott has. Where do you need to get it to? Uh, I don't think you can ever have enough rewards yeah. members, but, um, you know, if we could... Uh, if we could, you know, double or triple it in the next couple of years, um, that that would be a good start. How tough of a pitch is it to that corporate, I don't know, um, travel person that says, when your sales team's in there saying, hey, come stay at Sinesta versus one of the other 800 pound gorilla brands? Yeah, it's um, it was more difficult uh, early on, uh, but, you know, with the exception, as, as I mentioned earlier, of Miami um, and LA, there's maybe San Diego. There's very few markets today where where Sinesta doesn't have some select service presence and some full service presence, and so that was the biggest challenge. And not having a New York hotel was a huge challenge. Yeah. But once you have a New York hotel and you and you have uh, when you have hotels, we had you know Seattle, Portland, LA, although not as well distributed in LA as we'd like, uh, Denver, Minneapolis, Chicago, St. Louis, uh, Houston, uh, you know, Philadelphia, Washington, DC, Atlanta. I mean, all the major markets where, where business is being done, we, we have full service hotels and then we have select service hotels. Uh, you know, we have a, a great, you know, within the Red Lion portfolio, we have economy brands up through Red Lion, which is mid-priced service hotel and then uh, on the Sinesta side we have mid-priced extended stay upscale extended stay upscale select service full service uh, up up for upscale we're we're just launching uh, this month the James Hotel which is a lifestyle hotel that we acquired when we bought the New York hotels um, so that'll give us a, a an up upper upscale luxury um, lifestyle offering so so we have you know, something for everyone, depending on, you know, the, the markets that they're in. We don't have as many of them. 
um, as as some of the bigger players, and and so uh, we've got plenty of room to grow. But um, you know, it's it's also interesting besides besides having um, you know not being asset light and and franchisees liking that. The the you know there's a lot of things that the big hotel biggest hotel companies have done really well. Um, but as they've rolled out more and more brands, you know, when, when if you're developing a hotel in, in a lot of markets today, you, you know, you can say, okay, I can have the entire pie if I, if I make this a Sinesta, or I can take the 35 slices of pie that exists in the Marriott pie, and I, I can instead divide it up in 36 ways. And... And so even though they're very powerful engines, um, there's, there are a lot of, uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, calves, um, you know, waiting for, for the milk to come out of that, uh, out of that hose. So, um, so that, that I think that helps, that helps us too. So I, I think you, that's part of the reason that I'm pretty optimistic about our growth opportunities. And the blue water, put words in your mouth, and your blue waters, you know, the open markets where you can go, the other brands maybe blocked out already so right you can't. so you guys simply need to be a viable option for developers and then right. go put your, ba- your money where your mouth is using your balance sheet and yeah. buy build in new york miami wherever you think you need to be strategically go do it right and we have um we have developments going on today we, we recently signed a um a 50 unit development uh uh contract with a uh simply suites franchisee in in the southeast We've uh, signed a Royal Sinesta uh, development deal in Coachella with uh, uh, an LA developer. Okay. We've uh, we've got developments going on in in Boston, Nashville, Charlotte. Um, I feel like uh, Washington D.C. So um, so we we do have uh, um, some development financing that was in place and and uh, and uh, projects that are coming coming up out of the ground. So so that's exciting too because when people see new hotels being built with the Sinesta flag, you know, that just, that just, just gives more power to the, to the momentum. Yeah, I think so. And listen, listen, I think I'm a big fan of John Murray. I've watched your career. I'm a big fan. I love the real estate finance Excel spreadsheet background that you come from because that's all of us. Uh, I'm fascinated to watch you grow. I think you've done a great job so far as head salesman uh, at Sinesta. And I'm fascinated watching that go. Well, I'm, Thank you for those kind words, and and uh, I'm glad that we know the hunters, and and that uh, you know we have we have uh, good business people that can help us with that growth, and and when we decide to, you know, at any point to go asset light, they can be there for us. So you know we appreciate the relationship. Uh, yeah, we we we'll happily help. I stuttered there, but we'll help you add to the ones you need in the spaces you need to add, and sell the ones you need to sell to, and that's what our industry does. Right. We're just the connectors of all the people. Yeah. Um, uh, Happy New Year. Let's keep these resolutions going. I'll see you at Alice. I'll see you in March at the Hunter Conference. Yes, absolutely. Look forward to it. I, I couldn't make it for a variety of reasons this past, but I will be I will be there. Wouldn't a lot of people happy. did. So no, no, we'll see you there. Everybody be there. It's going to be exciting. We're ready to get the world uh, back and going. We've been open. Uh, we can't be closed down anymore. And yeah. you know, a lot of transactions. You know, Teague, everywhere I go, to meet with people individually, they all say a lot of them. To my surprise, there's still a lot of people who have not gotten back on the road. And and but as soon as they do, they say, 
I got to I got to get traveling again. This the meeting in person is so much better than than um, doing videos. Yeah, and, and when you when you have personal interactions at a conference, you can say, "Hey T, can I grab you for a second? Yeah. Can we just grab a quick beer and talk about a, a, an idea or a deal that I'm thinking about?" And if you're on a Zoom call with 20 other people or two other people, you can't say, "Hey T, can I can I grab you for a second?" Right? Those those opportunities don't avail themselves uh, in a virtual world like they do if you're if you're doing business face to face. So, so I think that. The more it's gonna be like the abominable snowman. The more we get people out there, the more the the, the snowball is gonna roll, and eventually we'll have everybody back. Yeah, we get it, and I think that's positive news for twenty three. Yes, I agree. So here's that. All right, uh, buy me a beer next time I see you, and let's right. up with something important. All right, I'll buy a beer in, in L.A. We'll I love talk it. Talk about deals. Thanks, John. All right, thank you. Bye. Yeah.